أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد باب استحباب تشميت العاطس إذا حمد الله تعالى وكراهتي تشميته إذا لم يحمد الله تعالى وبياني آداب التشميت والعاطس والعطاس عفوا والتثاؤب This is the chapter regarding the recommendation uh, to respond uh, by invoking Allah's mercy on the one who sneezes and then praises Allah Ta'ala uh, and the dislikedness of uh, doing so for the one who doesn't praise Allah Most High and the explanation regarding the proper etiquette of, uh, uh, of, of giving these blessings and benedictions on the one who sneezes and how to sneeze and how to yawn. عن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله يحب العطاسة ويكره التثاؤب فإذا عطس أحدكم وحمد الله تعالى كان حقا على كل مسلم سمعه أن يقول له يرحمك الله وأما التثاؤب فإنما هو من الشيطان فإذا تثاؤب تثاؤب أحدكم فليرده فليرده ما استطاع فإن أحدكم إذا تثاءب ضحك منه الشيطان رواه البخاري. سيدنا أبو هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that he said indeed Allah تعالى loves that a person should sneeze and he dislikes that they should yawn. Uh, so if a person sneezes uh, and they praise Allah Ta'ala, it is that person's right upon every Muslim that hears him praise Allah Ta'ala that they should invoke Allah's mercy upon him by saying, Allah, may Allah have mercy on you. Uh, and as for the one who yawns, then the yawn comes from shaitan. And if a person amongst you should yawn, let them suppress it as much as they're able to. Uh, for indeed... Uh, one of you, uh, when you yawn, shaitan laughs at, at them because of it. It's a narration of Bukhari. So the idea is what? The idea is that this, when a person sneezes, a sneezes is a sign of the vigor of the body. A person sneezes, it's so such a strong reaction that it actually temporarily stops the heart for an instant. And uh, the entire body has to brace for it. It's a sign of the vigor of the body. This comes back to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that the strong believer is uh, more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the weak believer. Is better and more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the weak believer, and there's good in both of them. Uh, so the sneeze is a sign of the strength of the vigor of, of the body. Uh, and uh, a person says, Alhamdulillah, uh, upon sneezing, uh, because of that, and then the person who hears him says, Ya Allah, out of 
out of shafaqa and out of kindness to that person because the body, literally the entire body cringes and it leaves its normal mode of being for just a minute. And so it's like a dua that Allah Ta'ala restore you to your, your normal and your regular state. The reason the yawn is something that's not, that's not something that uh, is praiseworthy is what is because it's a sign of the weakness of a person. It's a sign of the, 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 the flagging and waning uh, strength and power of a person. And so when a person yawns, then what they should do is A, uh, uh, suppress it to the, to the best of their ability. Uh, and that means what? By covering your, covering your mouth, not letting your, leaving your mouth open. When a person yawns, what are they supposed to do? Suppress it by covering covering their mouth. And this is something I think, it's like a psychological effect. When one person yawns, everybody else then wants to yawn. It becomes contagious. It's a sign that the body is weakening. It's a sign that a person has eaten too much. It's a sign that a person is tired. They're waning and they're flagging. Obviously, there's no. it's not a sin. Uh, the idea is just that a person should... Uh, a person should like the the position of being in strength, and a person should uh, uh, also display strength. And there are many people that look strong and inside they're weak, um, but because of it they benefit. And uh, uh, there are many people that are strong. But it's not because they are, you know, somehow swanning through life. But it's because of their having accustomed themselves to being able to put up with difficulty. And, and being able to strive and uh, keep themselves together when in a state of weakness. One, I guess, insight toward this is that I'm told by, by nurses. Uh, and if anyone is a nurse, they can corroborate whether this is true or not. That oftentimes the worst patients are young men because they're not accustomed to the sight of their own blood and they're not accustomed to going through difficulty or enduring pain. So small things happen to them and they freak out. Whereas, uh, you know, women, especially women who have gone through childbirth or really old people that have gone through difficulty and whatnot, they will go through extremely painful and traumatic things and they'll be able to deal, deal with it. They'll be able to keep it together. Why? Because they, uh, you know, there's one thing is that the, the, the strength that you have... Um, because the situation you're in, and another thing is the, the strength that you have uh, in order to endure pain psychologically, your endurance, uh, uh, and your ability to deal with your weakness. And so this is one of those things. The fact that you're tired is not bad. The fact that you're indulging yourself for being tired or showing other people how tired you are, that's the, the issue here. And that's what makes shaitan happy, is the, the fact that you look weak when you're doing that. Uh, uh, so when a person yawns, let them suppress it, and let them conceal it from other people, lest they make a show of their weakness and show everybody how tired they are. Nobody needs to be like self-rely, yawned, and I'm going to hell now. It's not a sin, it's just, it's just a, it's something just to understand. It's mentioned about, uh, uh, it's a morsel, a hadith from Yazid al-Assam that the Prophet ﷺ never yawned, by the way. This is from the khasais of the Prophet ﷺ. One need not beat themselves up if they're, if they're not able to do that. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ 
فإذا عطس أحدكم فليقل الحمد لله وليقل له أخوه أو صاحبه يرحمك الله فإذا قال له يرحمك الله فليقل يهديكم الله ويصلح بالكم رواه البخاري uh, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu also narrates from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said when one of you should sneeze they should say alhamdulillah and their brother should say to them uh, or their companion should say to them uh, may Allah yarhamukullah may Allah ta'ala have mercy on you uh, and when his, when his companion says to him may Allah have mercy on you then let him respond back yahdikumullahu yuslihu balakum May Allah Ta'ala guide you and may He rectify your, uh, 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 rectify your, your, your thoughts or your condition. Once in Abi Musa radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala sami'tu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama yaqul idha atasa ahadukum fahamidallaha fa shammituhu fa in lam yahmadillaha fala tushammituhu rawahu muslim. Uh, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say uh, when one of you should sneeze um, and uh, praise Allah ta'ala then for the rest of the people they should it's a command that they should uh, uh, respond to that alhamdulillah by saying yarhamukumullah and if that person doesn't say alhamdulillah then the others shouldn't say yarhamukumullah this is something I see people do also, that someone will not say Alhamdulillah, they'll say Yarhamukumullah anyway. It's makru to do that. It's, a, it's, it's mustahab, it's a sunnah to, uh, it's recommended for a person to say Alhamdulillah when they sneeze. If you hear them say it, then it's even more emphasized of a sunnah to say Yarhamukumullah. If you don't hear them say it, then a person should refrain from saying anything. And then after that person says Yarhamukumullah, then it's also, there's a mild uh, a, a mild uh, uh, um, recommendation to say what uh, uh, guide you and, and, and rectify your 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 such your uh, condition uh, that being said uh, there's another narration uh, I don't know if he's going to bring it or not but there's another narration that also uh, uh, that the prophet sallallahu said in Response to the Tashmeet, Yaghfir Allahu Lana wa Lakum. May Allah Ta'ala uh, uh, um, forgive, forgive us and forgive you. Uh, uh, and uh, both of them are, both of them are, uh, are fine, fine for a person to do or say. Once in Anasin radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala atasa rajulani inda al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fashammata ahadahuma wa lam yushammit al-akhara faqala al-ladhi lam yushammithu atasa fulanan fashammattahu wa atastu falam tushammitni faqala hadha hamidallaha wa innaka lam tahmadillaha muttafaqun alayhi innaka lam tahmadillaha so Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that two men sneezed uh, uh, close to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa gave a benediction to one of them and he didn't give it to the other. Um, the one who didn't receive the benediction, uh, uh, he said, so-and-so sneezed and you gave him a, a benediction uh, and I uh, uh, sneezed and you didn't give it to me. 
he said sallallahu alayhi wasallam the other one who sneezed he praised Allah ta'ala uh, and you didn't praise Allah so hadith both of bukhari and muslim one said na abi hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala kana rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam idha atasa wada'a yadahu aw thawbahu ala fihi wa khafadha aw ghadda biha sawtahu shakkar rawi rawahu abu dawud wa tirmidhi wa qala hadithun hasanun sahih Uh, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he sneezed, he would put his uh, hand or a cloth uh, over or his arms or a cloth over uh, his nose in order to uh, decrease or lower the sound. So some people, mashallah, when they sneeze it's like a, like a jungle animal, you know, is like whatever about to pounce on its prey or something like that. Um, I guess that's fine. Everybody has a different physical makeup and things like that. But the sunnah is to try to reduce the amount of noise that you make when you when you sneeze uh, uh, as much as possible. Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he covered his sneeze with his arm or with his with his uh, with 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 a piece of cloth that he has. Like so, if you have a chadar or shawl or something like that, um, it's a sunnah to, to to try to dampen it as much as possible. Instead of instead of uh, uh, sneezing so loud, obviously sometimes it's involuntary. What can you do? But to the uh, to the uh, uh, um, degree you're 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 able to, you're supposed to keep your uh, keep the volume down. In general, like making loud noises and stuff like that is not. It's not uh, it's not something that in general it's not from the adab of the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, there are many, many hadith in which he would praise people for their sakina uh, and their waqar, their uh, ability to move with grace and with uh, uh, gravity and with uh, calmness, to do stuff with calmness. This is one of the things, mashallah, by Allah ta'ala's fadl, I got to meet one of my... My mashaykh, my teachers that I read Maliki Fiqh from, the one that I spent the most time with actually out of all of them, in Medina Munawwara. And he's, this is one of the things, you know, you see someone after like 10 years or whatever, 8, 10 years, then uh, uh, you remember things about them. One of the things is he completely boycotts, like he doesn't, he boycotts like ever getting angry about stuff. People do the most ridiculous things. And he's just like, you know what, I'm not going to... I mean, he doesn't say it on his tongue, but his howl speaks like that, that I'm not going to... I refuse to just get angry or upset about this. And he's a person who's extremely calm and, and very graceful in the way that he moves around. And uh, he actually mentioned this. He actually mentioned this, the, the hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ would praise people for for their their ability to just be chill about everything. So yelling and screaming is like the opposite of that, that Nabawi trait. So people should be, people should, you know, try to do that as much as possible. Even in battle, the Prophet ﷺ disliked it when people would scream or, you know, make noises like that. So day-to-day things, they're probably more uh, worthy that a person should try to keep their, keep their voice down. It comes in the Qur'an that the, the most 
the most uh, detestable of voices is the the it's the Surah Luqman Sayyidina Luqman he gives advice to his son that not to raise his voice because the most detestable voice is the voice of the uh, the donkey the donkey makes this really loud shriek and type of noise uh, um, that's that's what's referred to in the the Quran as Zafirun wa Shahiq it's actually the noise that the people in the hellfire will make when they're screams Right, the zafir and the shahiq, the donkey makes one type of noise when it breathes in and one type of noise when it breathes out. Uh, um, those are not. That's not something that a person should should generally. Any trait of a donkey is not not something that a person uh, would love to be described by. So, that being said, donkeys have some good traits. What are what's a good trait of a donkey? Say something nice about a donkey, Imran Qasim. I got nothing. Say something nice about a donkey. Nobody. They work. They work hard. They carry, they carry carry they carry loads and burdens. They work hard. So the idea is that okay, there's always something good to say about everything. In general, though, it's you know the other traits are not the package. The whole package is not something a person should want. Even though there may be individual things that a donkey a donkey does that's good. There's something good to say about every right. Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam, Ghazali rahimullah ta'ala narrates that Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. Uh, and his disciples once passed by the the rotting corpse of a pig, and he commented how beautiful the white teeth were, and so uh, his his disciples were flabbergasted, right? Because pig is not pig is generally not a nice thing, right? So why would a nabi say something nice about a, the rotting corpse of a dead pig, uh, which is even more disgusting than a regular pig? So someone asked him, so why did you why did you say that after like so long keeping it? And he said, why did you say that? He said, I know, I know it seems like pretty detestable. I just didn't want to say something bad lest I gain the habit of just speaking ill about things all the time. That's also, that's also problematic. A person, if, if they see themselves saying too much negative, then they should, they should check themselves uh, uh, from that. That's not a, it's not a good sign. It doesn't mean that we can, you know, we're supposed to not, we're supposed to, like, the mind should, like, forego its ability to analyze things. But if everything you're saying is negative, then something's something's wrong. Uh, and in general, it's a it's a prophetic trait also to not focus on on negativity more than is is utterly necessary. So Sayyidina Isa Alaihissalam can say something nice about the rotting corpse of a dead pig. There's a, you know you can always find something nice to say. Alhamdulillah. Oftentimes, when you say something nice about someone or something, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy as well. It becomes a way for them to behave dig in a dignified way. Whereas if all you say, especially people who have kids or people who are teachers who have students, even if your uh, uh, your your student or your child is like in the moment a complete like mess up, uh, uh, try to say something nice about the kid from you know regularly so that they have a way of behaving dignified. If you don't give them any option except for to behave badly. Or to behave like a, a, a screw up, then you know, don't be surprised if that's that's all they do. You didn't give them any other choice at that point. Uh, when Abi Musa radiallahu taala anhu qala kana liyahud yata'atasuna inda Rasulillahi sallallahu alaihi wasallam yarjuna an yaqula lahum yarhamukum Allahu wa yafayqulu yahdiikum Allahu wa yuslihu balakum. Rahu Abu Dawood wa Tirmidhiyu wa qala hadithun hasanun sahih. Sayyidina Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he narrates that the Jews used to sneeze. They used to sneeze with one another next to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa hoping that he would say to them, Yarhamakumullah. 
um, and and what he would say to them is what he would just skip the yarhamakumullah, right? What is it? You sneeze and say alhamdulillah, then the tashmeet, the benediction that's said in, in response is Yarhamukumullah, Allah have mercy on you. And then the benediction that's said in response to that is what? Yahdikumullah Yusuhubalakum, may Allah ta'ala guide you and uh, rectify your state. So the Jews would 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 of Medina Munawwara would sneeze in front of the Prophet ﷺ, hoping that he would make a tarahum, that he would he would he would give them the dua of, of, of that may Allah have mercy on you. Because they saw the, the, the barakat in the Prophet It's not just the Jews of Medina, it's the same thing with the mushrikeen in, of Quraysh. Uh, they saw the barakat that used to follow the Prophet وسلم, the blessings that used to follow, follow him around. Um, Sayyidina Salman al-Farisi who was wrongfully enslaved, uh, was wrongfully enslaved and... Um, because of that, uh, um, the Prophet ﷺ actually purchased him and freed him. And he gave him the wala'ul itq, that he said that Salman is from my family. Why? Because the freed slave of a person is considered to be like, is considered to be like a family member. In fact, in our sacred sharia, if somebody dies and the only per- they have no relatives, only a, f- a, f- a slave that they freed, or if a, a freed slave dies and they don't have any inheriting relatives, only the master who freed them, that relationship actually has a, a miraf in it that you'll actually inherit from one another as well. Or if there's the, the, the what you call the ashab al-fara'id, the people who receive fixed shares, their fixed shares are taken and then there's money left over, then the wala'ul itq, the waliul itq, the person who either freed the, freed the person or the person who uh, was freed, They'll, 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 they, they'll inherit from one another. And so Sayyidina Salman al-Farsi radiallahu ta'ala anhu was the, was the, uh, uh, the freed slave uh, and the, the mullah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And one of the, the what basically the, the price of freeing him was what? Was that the, the Yahudi who owned the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, uh, sorry, the, the Yahudi that owned uh, Salman al-Farsi radiallahu anhu, he said that, uh, so many trees, date palm trees, you have to plant them for me uh, in my orchard. And uh, once they start giving fruit, then, then he's free. And so uh, the Prophet ﷺ planted the entire orchard. Only one tree, Sayyidina Umar who saw that he was doing all this work, so he planted a tree as well. All of them gave fruit in the same year, which is one of the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ. Except for what? Except for the one that Sayyidina Umar planted. He narrates the hadith himself. He says, except for the one that I, that I planted. And so he, the Prophet ﷺ says, show me where that tree is. And so he uprooted it and planted another tree in its place. And that one also gave fruit in the same year. Uh, but so these people saw these things from Rasulullah ﷺ. Um, it's just that they, you know, for whatever reason, of, that every human being, you know, has this thing inside of them, the nafs that doesn't allow them to accept the truth from somebody or doesn't, uh, you know, allow them to accept that somebody else's better than them or as good as them or whatever uh, because of whatever they couldn't uh, accept the deen um, but there are a number of a number of a number of uh, uh, stories like this there was a young jewish boy he was dying and the prophet sallallahu went to visit him on his deathbed and he said to him say la ilaha illallah and muhammad rasulullah say that there's no god except for allah and that say the nabi sallallahu is his messenger 
And so he looked up at his. It's also it's narrated in the in the in the Riyadh Salihin. We'll get to it with regards to the adab of visiting the visiting the dying and the sick and the dying. And so he 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 looked up at his parents like as if to get permission from them. And so they're not they they're not Muslims. They're 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 Jews, but he looks up to them to, for permission, and uh, uh, they say to him, "Atay Abul Qasim, sallallahu alaihi wasallam." They say, "Obey Abul Qasim what he says." Right, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That, that's his 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 kunya is Abul Qasim sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So they obey Abul Qasim, and so he said, "La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah." Before dying, meaning he knew and he wanted to. He had love for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because the the kind way the Prophet sallallahu alaihi treated him. Imagine that this is a, a kid. He's not even he's not even a Muslim. Uh, 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 the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam went to visit him. Uh, while he was sick and he's on his deathbed. And his parents also gave permission because they knew this is a good man, he's not going to tell them something wrong. Uh, whatever it was inside of them, you know, they didn't say get lost, they said what? He said whatever Abu Qasim says, go ahead and say it. And so the Prophet ﷺ left from that majlis happy, he said that because of my intercession, my du'as, that this person, this young boy will be from the people of salvation on the Day of Judgment. But at any rate, the, the, the hadith is what? That they used to sneeze in front of one another. And you'll see things like that as well. You'll see things like that happen even here. If you show good character and conduct to people, a person may not accept Islam. Uh, we also don't need to be like, you know, super, uh, super missionary mode where we're uh, tagging and bagging conversions. The whole idea of, 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 of giving the message to people is not that you're going to guide lost souls. That's what Allah Ta'ala does. The idea is that you, you and I are given a a sacred task to perform on behalf of the Prophet ﷺ from Allah Ta'ala. Um, and if we perform it, we'll be rewarded. And if we don't, then those people will bear witness against us on the Day of Judgment. What they do with that message once they receive it is between them and Allah Ta'ala. And people act in funny ways. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll know Islam and they'll love Islam f- far before they'll accept it. And that's not something to be surprised about. In fact, it's something that a person should have confidence in what, what, you know, what the teachings of the deen are, that people will accept them and they'll see the good and they'll acknowledge the good in them, whether they accept it or not. Uh, so they, these people, they used to sneeze in front of the Prophet ﷺ in order to receive uh, his prayers and his, his du'as. And the Prophet ﷺ, when they would do that, instead of saying, Ya Allah to them, he would say, Balakum. He would say, May Allah Ta'ala guide you and rectify your 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 uh, uh, your condition. When Sayyidina Abi Sa'id al Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ida tatha aba ahadukum fal yusmi fal yumsit biyadihi ala fihi fa in shaytana yadhulu fihi. Uh, Rawahu Muslim. Uh, Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al Khudri al Ansari narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, If one of you should yawn, uh, 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 let them fil uh, 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 let them put their hand on their, on their mouth uh, or grab their mouth with their hand. Uh, why? Because shaitan enters in uh, from that open, yawning mouth.
a person should cover their mouth when they yawn uh, for reasons that were mentioned from before. باب استحباب المصافحة عند اللقاء وبشاشة الوجه والتقبيل التقبيل يد الرجل الصالح وتقبيل ولده شفقة ومعانقة القادم من السفر وكراهة الانحناء. It's a chapter regarding the recommendation of shaking hands when meeting and uh, having a happy face when meeting. Be happy. Don't be, don't be all like, oh, I'm like the, like whatever, Jedi master of the universe. And uh, I have so much force going through me that like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm too cool for like whatever. Uh, that doesn't mean, by the way, that you shouldn't be the Jedi master of the universe with so much force going through that nobody understands. But you should do that and then on top of that, cover your hala by being happy when you meet people. Showing them happiness and carrying your, your, the burden of your broken-hearted, like whatever illumination inside of you as a secret between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, um, so, you know, just in case a person thought they were cool, these things sometimes are, if you want to go easy, you can go easy, and if you want to go hard, there's a lot more hard than you thought there was, so get to work. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, that meeting people with a happy face. Uh, um, and, and kissing the hand of a righteous person. And uh, uh, to kiss your children. Huh? To kiss your children. So when Baba gives the bachas as a puppy, then that's the sunnah, right? That's the sunnah of who? Of who? Of the Prophet because he used to, he, his teachings are what? That parents should kiss their children, mashallah. So don't be embarrassed if Baba gives you puppy in public, inshallah. Shafaqatan out of out of kindness to them. Uh, to kiss the children out of kindness to them. Uh, uh, and to embrace the one who uh, arrives from a trip and the uh, um, dislikedness of bowing or, or or lowering yourself in front of another person. On Abu Al-Khattabi Qatadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala qultu li anasan Qatadah rahimahullah qala qultu li anasan akanat al-musafahatu fi ashabi rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qala na'am rawahu al-Bukhari uh, Abu al-Khattab Qatada, uh, who was one of the great ulama of the tabi'een, and one of the great muhaddithun, and a, a student of Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhu, amongst others, um, he said, I said to Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu, did the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, did they used to shake hands with one another? And he says, yes. He said he responded yes, Rasulullah. Sayyidina Anas bin Malik was the one of the longest lived of the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam after his passing. So he said yes. They used to shake hands with one another. Uh, when An Anas bin Rasulullah taala anhu qala lama jaa ahlu al-Yamani qala Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam qad jaa ahlu al-Yamani wa hum awwalu man jaa bil musafahati. رَاهُ أَبُو دَاوُدَ بِإِسْنَادٍ صَحِيحٍ 
Sayyidina Anas bin Malik who narrates that when the people of Yemen uh, uh, came to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he announced that the people of Yemen have come and they are the first ones who came with uh, the shaking of hands. Uh, he narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Two Muslims will not meet one another and then sh- shake one another's hand. And it's, it's interesting that, that here the, the, the Sigha and Sarfazi at Safahani, that they, they shake one another's hands, uh, uh, except for uh, they will be forgiven. Both of them will be forgiven by Allah Ta'ala before, they, before that meeting ends. But the 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 sigha here is yatasafahan. Yatasafahan means uh, means it's tafaul uh, in sarf uh, in Arabic morphology. Anyone here read sarf? Right. The khasiyah of the tafaul bab is what is that there's n- there's no fa'il in maf'ul. There's just two co-fa'ils. There's no giver of the object and receiver of the object. Rather, both parties are equal participants in in whatever action is ha- being done. It's not like, you know, like Daraba Zaydun Amran, that Zayd hit Amr, Zayd is the one hitting and Amr is the one getting hit. No, the tafa'ul is what is when, when both shake hands with one another. And this happens as well. Sometimes somebody comes and shakes hands with another person very eagerly and the other one's like, you know, like they give them, you know, like it's a princess waiting to get uh, uh, her hand kissed. Which is fine if you're actually a princess, but you're not. So uh, that's not a way to shake hands with people. Um, the, the, the idea is what? Is that, that you should meet one another both with eagerness. Uh, it's hoped that if one person does it and the other person doesn't show the eagerness, at least the one who shakes hands properly, that one will be forgiven. If the other person doesn't want to participate in that process, it's their own loss. But the idea is that, that, that two Muslims will not meet one another and then shake one another's hands uh, except for uh, their sins will be forgiven before they, they leave, uh, before they separate from one another. So hadith of Abu Dawud. And that's a, that's, a, that's, a pretty good, that's a pretty good deal. It's a reason to, you know, it's a reason to, to be excited to meet your fellow believer and Muslim uh, and, 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 and meet one another with a proper level of protocol. وعن سيدنا أنس رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رجل يا رسول الله الرجل منا يلقى أخاه أو صديقه أينحني له قال لا قال أفيلتزمه ويقبله قال لا قال فيأخذ بيده مصافحة قال نعم Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala who narrates that a man came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and says, uh, if one of us should beat his brother uh, or his friend, should he uh, uh, like bow, bow for him? 
He said no. Uh, should he uh, stand up, embrace him and kiss him? He said no. Should he grab his hand uh, and shake his hand? And the Prophet ﷺ said yes. Uh, uh, and this is interesting because kissing and uh, 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 and uh, embrace are mentioned as well here. And the Prophet ﷺ said no. Um, does it mean that they have the same status as bowing in front of another person? No. Uh, majority of the fuqaha considered for, for a, a person to, uh, for a man to kiss another man or to, uh, uh, obviously in an appropriate way. Unfortunately, we live in a time and age that that clarification needs to be made. But uh, uh, whereas in, in previous generations, it's hoped that it, it, it didn't. But uh, uh, um, does it mean that kissing another person or... Um, embracing them is problematic. No, except for actually Malik considered it makruh to embrace another person. And it's interesting that Sahnun, who narrates the Mudawana, um, brings uh, brings narrations in which it's in which it's uh, indicated that that people embraced in front of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he didn't he didn't forbid them from doing so, meaning that. A proof that it's it's permissible because for people to embrace one another is very common. So for Malik to say it's makruh, it becomes you know for for the practice of that. Even the students of Malik they found it a little bit awkward. Um, and what Malik's proof was for that uh, is the subject of a, a, a longer fiqh class that we're not getting into. But it's perhaps possible that this is also this hadith itself is a a a, a, um, a proof for that. That the Prophet ﷺ was asked, should a man bow when meeting another, when his meeting his brother or his friend, and he said no. And so should he, should they embrace, should he embrace his brother and kiss him? And he said no. That the two of them are mentioned in the same siyak, and then afterward, uh, should he shake hands? Shaking hands is permissible. The recommended form of greeting is to say salam. You don't have to shake hands with everybody. There's some benefit in it. There's some reward in it. But the, the, the standard masnoon way of meeting and, 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 and masnoon way of parting is to what? To say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's not to say salam. It's not to say ma'as-salama. It's not A-W-W, L-O-L. Okay, it's what? Assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We went, and obviously we went through that before. وعن صفوان بن عسال قال قال يهودي لصاحبه اذهب بنا إلى هذا النبي فأتينا رسول الله صلى الله فأتيا عفوا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فسأله عن تسع آيات بينات فذكر الحديث إلى قوله قبلوا يده ورجله ورجله وقال نشهد أنك نبي so a longer hadith which is mentioned Rawahu Tirmidhi wa ghayruhu bi asanida sahiha It's mentioned uh, elsewhere in its complete length um, but, but the thing that was mentioned here is what's relevant to the chapter from As- Safwan bin Asal radiallahu ta'ala anhu Let's see uh, it's mentioned in the Usudul Ghaba of Ibn al-Athir. The Usudul Ghaba is a, 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 a an encyclopedia of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum.
So there are two, there, there, actually, there are more than two. There's a bunch of them. But there's a, there's a number of encyclopedias that the names of the Sahaba of Allah whom have, uh, that are, are, they're recorded in. One is the Usudul Ghaba of Ibn Al-Athir. Uh, one is the Isti'ab of Qadi uh, uh, Abu Bakr ibn Abdul Bar, Abu Yusuf. Um, ibn Abdul Bar's is called Al-Isti'ab fi, fi Ma'rifat al-Ashab. Uh, um, and uh, uh, Ibn Abdul Bar is, at one point, he's, he's the Qadi of Lisbon. He's from Qurtuba, he's a, a Spanish muhaddith. I'm pretty sure Hafiz ibn Hajar has one as well, but the name is slipping me right now. Uh, maybe we can look it up uh, and, 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 and say it later. But these are encyclopedic like collections of the, the names of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Uh, the Usudul Ghaba uh, mentions that he, after the Prophet sallallahu uh, passed away, uh, that Safwan bin Asal lived in Kufa. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, and uh, 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 he participated in 12 battles with the Prophet Sallallahu uh, Alaihi Wasallam and a number of even other Sahaba narrated uh, hadith from him. Uh, so he, he narrates this hadith that uh, uh, a Jew said to his companion, come, come, let's go to this uh, so-called Prophet and they went to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they asked him for uh, nine clear signs of his prophethood. And then the rest of the hadith is, 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 is mentioned. But he mentions at the end of it, they both kissed the Prophet ﷺ's hand and they kissed his foot. And they said that we, um, we uh, bear witness that you are, we bear witness that you are a, a prophet. So I assume that the reason the munasaba of narrating this part of the hadith in the uh, in this chapter is to prove that it's permissible to kiss uh, the hand of a, of another person. Although I would uh, I, I, you know I would think that from the fuqaha there would be somebody who would come back and say yeah, but kissing the feet is mentioned as well, and that's not not a normal thing. So it may be just khas for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And uh, you know the debate. The debate is longer, and it, it it belongs in the books of fiqh, inshallah. Wallahu a'lam, and Allah knows best. وعن ابن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه قصة قال فيها فدنونا من النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقبلنا يده. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar رضي الله تعالى عنه. He narrates a longer story, but the snippet that's relevant here is that he said that we came. Near, close to the Prophet sallallahu and we kissed his his hand, And this was an honor and a sharaf that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had, that they they had a chance to kiss the mubarak hand of the Prophet sallallahu and kiss the mubarak feet of the Prophet sallallahu And Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu taala anha qalat qadima Zaid ibn al-Madinata. ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم في بيتي فأتاه فقرع الباب فقام إليه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يجر ثوبه فأعتنقه وقبله رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن سيد عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها narrates that Zayd bin Haritha arrived in Medina 
Zayd bin Haritha is who he's the one that the Prophet ﷺ had adopted before the uh, beginning of Revelation the one they used to refer to as Zayd bin Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam and then when the uh, when the uh, Nasr the uh, um, abrogation of adoption happened the uh, uh, they they called him Zaid bin Haritha again, but the Prophet ﷺ loved him as a son, and he was uh, a member of the Prophet ﷺ's household and family. Uh, that he, when he came, uh, 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 when he arrived in Medina, the uh, and the Rasul ﷺ was in my when in my room. So the Prophet ﷺ again, he didn't have any house of his own. Rather, each of the azwaj mutahharat had a room that was connected to the masjid and, the, and a door that enter, opened into the masjid. So he was in my room that night when he returned. Um, and so he came to him and he knocked the door and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and, and, and uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dragged, uh, pulled him by, the, uh, by his clothing and he embraced him and he kissed him. And uh, um, generally speaking, I think one of the one of the speculations people have made is that had he had he been alive, he, there's a chance, a good chance that he would have been the the uh, uh, the Khalifa of the Prophet except for he was shaheed in the Battle of Mu'ta, and the Prophet trusted him with the command of the army when he wasn't personally there. There are a number of expeditions in the Sirah that that uh, uh, that Zaid bin Haritha, if he's part of it, he's the commander of that expedition, and he was a beloved one of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And this is the reason also that when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed away, the army that he had sent out uh, um, was under the command of his son Osama bin Zaid, despite him being a teenager, which was what it was giving the command of his father. He was giving him the command of his father essentially. Uh, uh, and the reason, the reason uh, for mentioning all this right now is that the Prophet ﷺ, he used to send the ones that he loved. Uh, uh, and, and Zayd bin Haritha was shaheed fi sabilillah. Uh, and the Prophet ﷺ, uh, you know, he, he, he wept for him when he, when he passed away. And uh, he's, uh, he's the one who knows better than any of us what the maqam of a shaheed is. But it's normal for a person when they lose somebody or they're separated from somebody that they love that they should weep. There's no, there's no, uh, uh, there's no uh, harm or or uh, uh, sin or even defect in that. If a person weeps because like oh why me and all this other nonsense, that's different. That's wrong. But if a person weeps just because of the pain of being separated from somebody that you love, the Prophet ﷺ wept for him, uh, and he gave he sacrificed ﷺ from 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 himself and from the ones that he loved and from his own family before he expected other people to, to give and sacrifice, which is important for us to uh, understand and important for us to know. Uh, lest we, when put in a position of, of authority or power, spare ourselves and put other people through difficulty. Uh, everybody should give, take, take, you know, take up difficulty for in the path of Allah Ta'ala, and we lead by example. And the Prophet ﷺ, his sunnah is to lead by example. وَأَنْ سَيْدْنَ أَبِي ذَرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ قَالَ لِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم لَا تَحْقِرَنَّ مِنَ الْمَعْرُوفِ شَيْئًا وَلَوْ أَنْ تَلْقَى أَخَاكَ بِوَجْهٍ طَلِيقٍ 
Rawahu Muslim. Said Abu Dharr al-Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that the Messenger of Allah, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to me, uh, do not at all uh, uh, hold as mean or, or hold as of little worth or little value any good deed. Even if that good deed is something as simple as meeting your uh, brother with a uh, smiling face. One said, Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala, قَبَّلَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْحَسَنَ بن الْحَسَنَ بْنَ عَلِيٍّ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُمَا فَقَالَ الْأَقْرَعُ إِبْنُ حَابِسٍ إِنَّ لِي عَشَرَةً مِنَ الْوَلَدِ مَا قَبَّلْتُ مِنْهُمْ أَحَدًا فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَنْ لَا يَرْحَمُ لَا يُرْحَمُ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ uh, uh, Sayyidina Abu Huraira who narrates this is, this is the last hadith inshallah that we'll read tonight uh, um, from the dars at least Sayyidina Abu Huraira who narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he uh, kissed Al-Hasan bin Ali his grandson Sayyidina Al-Hasan who from the people he is the one his face resembled the face of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam the most he was very handsome uh, young man, there are very interesting stories about that when he grows up, but we're not going to tell him right now. Uh, uh, at any rate, he's a very handsome. He's a very handsome person, um, and the Prophet ﷺ kissed him. He's the grandson of the Prophet ﷺ, Hassan bin Ali radiAllahu taala anhuma. Al Aqra ibn Habis, who was like a hard, tough Arab, tough guy, he saw this and he says, "I have ten children, and I've I've never kissed one of them." Can you imagine that? A Baba has ten children, he never give a puppy to any one of them, ever. Can you imagine that, Aisha? Can you imagine that? It's like, what kind of Baba is that, right? So that's why the Prophet ﷺ came to teach people. He didn't know, the Prophet ﷺ taught him. Uh, and he taught all of us. Um, so he said, I have ten children and I've never kissed one of them. The Prophet ﷺ said, the one who doesn't have mercy... Uh, uh, mercy won't be had on on him either. Allah Taala make us amongst the people of mercy, and Allah Taala have mercy on all of us as well. Wa sallallahu taala rasulhi sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sallam.